Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. And never knew how it felt beforehand. And we have to kind of give them a little bit of an education. Come over here and drive a stock Jeep. You know, let's get a better education of where you went from to what you went to. Because these are tools. And like any tool, you need to know how to use it. The most basic version first. The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps. Jeeping and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Mattson with Medical Care, and welcome to episode number 35 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This week, Mr. Modern Jeeper Corey Osborne and I talk about getting ready for the upcoming Off Road Expo in Pomona why it is the precursor to SEMA, and what new products MetalCloak will be displaying. Then we are joined by True Modern Jeepers, Jim and Deb Krigshauser. Jim and Deb are not only great friends of Corey and I, but they have attended three Modern Jeeper adventures this year, including our inaugural Tillamook run. They travel the country with Orange Julius, their 2012 fully built and equipped Overlander rock crawler, and take every opportunity to film and produce some amazing long-form videos under the Trail Nut brand. You can see their video footage of our Modern Jeeper adventures on our Facebook page. Jim and Jeb share with us how they achieved the dream of traveling the country full-time with their 45-foot motor coach and Jeep. How the name Trail Nut came about. How they first learned of Metal Cloak. Jim shares what to do if your wife always wants to drive your Jeep. What it takes to build a rig like Julius. Which of the Modern Jeeper adventures were their favorite. Why, during the Rubicon adventure, Deb looked like she had rolled in dirt and oil, and how to turn a gift cert for a set of wheels into an excuse to upgrade your whole drivetrain. And of course, we have our tech tip of the week. Jim and Deb, who are true overlanders, share with us tips about what is truly important when it comes to overlanding gear, and we discuss the basic survival gear every off-roader should have. You can find helpful links to many of the things we talk about in this episode in the show notes at moderngeepershow.com. And make sure to check out moderngeeperadventures.com for our growing list of upcoming adventures that you hear us talk about. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Stop, Milestone Tires, Rugged Radios, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 35 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it's another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. It's Matson with Metal Cloak and, of course, Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, guys. Hey, Corey. So how have you been, my friend? Well, you know, I think I'm still in a little bit of recovery mode, um, although <laughs> I was just having a conversation with our guests today, and it's, a, it's interesting. You know, after being gone for so long and I was so anxious to come home, I'm, I'm surprised at what my 
my whole lifestyle kind of has evolved into where literally I'm home for three days. I get everything kind of caught up and I, I immediately start getting a little antsy again. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and, and with, with, you know, I don't have to get on the personal side of your life, but a little bit of personal changes happening as well. And, but you are, you know, here you are in, in your home, you've done all this work, you've been out there going, 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 and you come back and all of a sudden you have going to do at your house, but it's different. It's not that same, you have to get out and do something, drive. It's harder to be motivated, I think, at home. And I, I know this about myself and even on the shorter trips, even when it's just a couple of weeks and I get home, it takes me about three, four, five days to really kind of get acclimated back into a routine because it's so different than than being on the road and going to events and having to get to that next place. All of a sudden waking up in your own bed, you kind of, okay, so I have a, a list of things to do today, but it's a different motivation and it's a different mental, just that whole frame of how how do I get started today and wait, I'm at my own house. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very bizarre. Well, it is interesting though for you because you've got a nice garage there. You've done a few things lately. In fact, you were just uh, hanging out with uh, Mr. Ian Johnson, weren't you? I was. Um, yeah, it was kind of. How funny, much can you? Know, you how much can you talk about that? Is this? Um, like a... I think I can be pretty open. Um, I, I, there was no. Um, there was no signing of. Um, I couldn't talk about stuff, you know. So. He uh, he actually reached out to me when I was on the road on the way to Muddy Buddies on this last trip, and um, one of his one of his clients is, happens to be Cummins, um, our well known diesel manufacturer of the engine in the Dodge trucks. But no, he he needed some some input. Wanted to know if I wanted to help him out with doing some things uh, for for his client. And I absolutely, of course, was excited to help. We kind of had to work out this whole schedule thing though, because he was, he's got his new show and, and a shout out to, to Ian Johnson and Motor Trend TV and, and his new uh, show. I think it goes, it's on, it's available on the app right now, but it won't be available outside the app until I think Saturday. And then it'll be on, it'll be open on, on the internet and, and on Motor Trend oh, TV. Wow. wow. We'll definitely um, get some links to that. Yeah, for sure. It, it was fun, you know. Uh, he and his his um, his camera guy John came out, and and uh, we spent a, a day running around like crazy, um, you know, trying to get some some good footage. And I think we, I hope we helped. I hope we did a good job. We'll we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hope he has in, a good editor. You know, that's the great thing about editing. You can make everything look good. That's Just right. like we tell our guests, like, don't worry about anything. You know, it's okay. We'll make us, we try to make us all sound like geniuses on the editing floor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. How well, about you? You just been, you just been sitting around, right? Oh yeah. Nothing to do. Nothing to do around here. It's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, for our listeners, you know, Corey and I talk pretty regularly and when we don't talk for a few days, it's a, uh, it makes for a marathon conversation, which by the way, was one of the reasons why we came up with the idea of this show, because we thought we're having these marathon conversations. We might as well record them and share them with all of you. And, uh, and that was but the last couple of days. It's been like, uh, I'm spinning and I don't know what I'm doing right now because we have off-road expo coming up, which of course, Corey will be at, uh, you and rockstar girl are coming out a rockstar Jeep girl are coming out to uh, off-road expo and, and we'll be there in the same booth and building four that we've been in for the last several years, our 20 by 30 booth. We have, 
Uh, what's been going on, though, and this is kind of what makes it is is generally the last couple of years, you know, we've had the JK out there. Last year we brought the JL, but that was pretty much done and put together. We're putting it out there in the booth. Um, we had our JK out there. Um, we had different rigs and stuff. But this year we're bringing multiple new new products. So literally products are being bolted on to our rigs right now while I'm also trying to get some graphics on them, which I'm all trying. So it kind of feels like a SEMA prep. But it's just offered expo. And it's just offered for our it's listeners. It's just offered expo. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners, Offroad Expo has become kind of the pre-SEMA for a lot of manufacturers. It's a huge show. And right. also You're for right. our listeners that Matson wears a ton of hats. So yeah, while you may think, well, you know, he's on the sales side or he's on the marketing side or he's on the R and D's like He's running around literally. I can I can picture this since I've spent so much time out in Sacramento. He's literally meeting to meeting to I got to get graphics on this truck. I've got to go to R&D and see if vehicles are done. I've got to see if my sales guys are actually selling some parts and answering the phones. Like there is this this madness that goes on before an event like this that is a little <laughs> bit different than our other events. Yeah, it's definitely madness. And it's just, it has become Offroad Expo since we don't do SEMA and we don't exhibit at SEMA mainly because SEMA is a B2B company and we're or a B2B show. And we, while it has become a great show for many, I mean, thousands of people that somehow all get passes to come to the show uh, to see, it is still B2B. And we are primarily a B2C company, business to consumer. We sell direct to consumers. So SEMA's never been a place where we've exhibited. So you're right. Offered Expo is pretty much our SEMA. It's where we introduce new products. Historically, since our very first Offered Expo in 2009, where we introduced our frame-built bumper system and the overline fenders for the TJ that nobody thought we'd ever make, um, those two products, every year we've used it as a way of launching new products. So this year we have our Gladiator will be in the booth next to our, our big built JK. So we've got our big built JK and we've got our Gladiator. Gladiator will have our three and a half inch game changer six pack edition suspension on it. Um, it has front and rear bumpers. It has some other accessories and things, front and rear fenders. Um, and some of them are prototypes. So you're going to see that, hey, they, you know, they're not exactly perfect, but they're prototypes that we're getting ready to go in production on. So come on, check that out. Outside, next to the guys at CJC, which is one of the resellers of our Dodge products, we're going to have our Dodge Ram. And this is a brand new product line. We've sold Dodge Ram uh, short arms in the past, and we've done that for you know, probably for six, seven, eight years now. Um, but this is actually a full lock and load long arm system, true radius arm system for the Dodge Ram. True dual rate coils front and rear. It's got our prototype Rock Sport shocks on it. It's our, got our Duratrack joints, our Duraflex joints. I mean, it's it is a full and complete system, and it's it's on there on one of our. It's a 2014 Dodge Ram that we've had, and uh, it was actually one of our shop trucks, and it's now out there as our as a show truck. Also displaying worn front and rear bumpers, which look absolutely amazing. So it's got a lot of cool stuff on it. Um, it's going to have the Milestar XTs. Uh, 35 on 20 um, set of race line wheels, 20 inch race line wheels, all that stuff. And I say it's going to have, because literally that's the kind of last minute stuff going on. But literally <laughs> I think the tires are arriving this afternoon and the wheels will get here tomorrow morning, which we'll have to put on before we hit the road at noon. 
So yeah. Um, so so yeah. for everybody that thinks about this whole timeline that he's talking about, the 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 tires and wheels won't get put on until tomorrow, and we set up Friday morning. So right. Sacramento's right. a <laughs> long ways from Pomona, California. So it um, is. It's a nice yeah. long drive. So it's it'll be interesting. But you know, it it's fun. We wouldn't be doing this. I mean, you and I both know this. We talk about craziness. We talk about all this, but we wouldn't be doing with it if we didn't love it and didn't enjoy it. So I, I right. will I will always feel blessed by the fact that my day today is a crazy madcap running around trying to get things done, but I'm in this industry. The it's the we wouldn't be doing it like you said. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't truly enjoy it. And I I I'm now in this this mode of um what's next and I think that expo is is such a it's such a big thing for us and it's such a a huge part of metal cloak and and what we do and and what we bring out and how we show it and it's it's a chance for me of course to spend more time with with all the folks come down to the show and and see everybody that I don't get to see all across the United States but I was thinking this morning it's also, you know, here we are, we're going to start, we're getting the end of September, the beginning of October, things are slowing down, or are they slowing down? Right, right, I'm right. not sure that I, I just kind of brought up my calendar and realized that, you know, after, after Off-Road Expo, literally Monday, Tuesday after Off-Road Expo is when Trail Hero starts at Sand Hollow in Utah. Oh, wow. Um, that's another four or five day event takes place the whole week out there at Sand Hollow. Um, what a great place to go wheel. We've got a lot going on as just, just looking at our sponsorship uh, event requests that get run through metal cloak, which for our listeners, I, I kind of am the one who uh, those get forwarded to both Matson and I, and I kind of disseminate who we're going to try and help. And we're trying to come up with better systems. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> but we literally have six event requests for the weekend of the 12th. Oh, wow. Six. And they're, they're, they're large events. They take place all across the country. So wow. again, we, while we kind of go, Oh, we're getting into that, those fall months and, and things will slow down. It's the perfect time to get out, hit some trails, go support your club events, your local events, all of that stuff, there's still a lot of that going on. Even though school's back in, the weather's going to get cooler. As far as the West go, everybody's still really hot. It's still really warm. So as these fall days come on, I think it's a great time for everybody to get outside and go do some wheeling. Well, it is interesting that more and more people are just starting to do these fall events. You know, it's always been, but you're really, when you're doing an event, you know what it's like. You're trying to find where's that pocket? Where can I put an event where people can actually come to it? Right. You know, you know, and it's, and nowadays there's so many opportunities. It's like we've said before, you could literally have the CTR trailer at some location every weekend of the year. Every weekend. Yeah. yeah. Even Ian brought up, he was like, you know, everybody's doing so much now. And um, I, I guess, you know, that's part of this whole lifestyle that we've talked about for, for many, many weeks. Jeep has done a really good job of allowing people to to get outside and go play some. And I think that's really healthy and I think it's good. It's good for the industry. It's good for our personal well-being. And I, I'm, I'm, I go back and forth because from a social media perspective, I see so many requests and see so many things happening. We get really caught up into the look at me kind of uh, 
posts where I think a lot of people get intimidated and then they're like, well, I, I can't even go out and wheel unless I've got forties and sixties and, and, you know, and that's just not true. Right. Um, so I hope and, our listeners are, are take that with a grain of salt. Well, you know, and it's a lot of what we've done with our stuff is, is, and, and we could do these big, massive builds. We have the capabilities. We have a full service shop. I mean, we could do complete tear down, massive 42 inch tires. We could do all this stuff, but we have always tried to build our rigs for our shows the way customers are probably going to build the rigs for their shows, which means putting on the average setup, right? My personal JK is set up with our most popular products in the most average of ways. It's That's a three right. and a half inch lock. It's three and a half inch game changer suspension system with our rock sport shocks, not six packs because rock sports are our most popular. You know, I've got the overland fenders cause they're our most popular. I've got our certain bumper configuration stuff. It's all the most popular stuff because that's what the average guy can do. And we could do these big massive builds. And I, but I write, I think it sometimes intimidates the end user. Like, well, I can never afford to do that, but right. you can't afford to buy a Jeep and put on some stuff to it. And, and over time evolve your Jeep, like our guests, the Jeep that our guests have, um, and they have a couple of Jeeps and we'll talk about both of them, but they've, they evolve them over time and add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and just make them bigger and better to achieve more goals with them. And that's, you got to be able to do that. You can't just say, Hey, you know, if you're not willing to put on sixties uh, and, and, uh, and, and 42 inch tires and blah, that's blah, right. blah, and you know, you, then you shouldn't be out here, but that's what modern Jeep has always been about is, is anybody. I remember. I remember Every- our conversation with with Larry McRae. We we had mm-hmm. him on a, a while back, and and uh, you know here is here is a guy who has spent his life in off road, and and we talked a lot about that Jeep build and what does that look like. And his first his first question always was, where do you want to go? What is your plan? Like what what do you want this to look like? And I think that people don't even know they don't even have the seat time. And I don't know how many people I get on the CTI trader that have brand new Jeep builds and they're looking to do that next improvement. And I ask them, so, you know, how much wheeling have you done? Well, they haven't, they haven't really had a chance to go out on the trails. Well, they're spending all their time. Their Jeep's been in the shop for months or knew this, knew that seat time is so important. And I, and I hope people take advantage of that and, and, and really, Figure out what it is you like to do. A lot of people have built extreme rigs that I know personally, and then they realize that they don't even like doing extreme stuff. <laughs> right. So again, absolutely yeah. right. It's that it's that choosing that choosing that fine line. I mean, when you go and build something like okay, you have the guy. Let's use this for example. The extreme guy goes in, buys his rig, puts coilovers, puts the whole nine yards, long arc kit, and all this kind of stuff. And it starts wheeling it and thinks that's what the best possible setup should feel like. And he's never really even taken the opportunity to go through stages. We have customers that will buy the Jeep. You know, they contact us. We They, they start out with a true dual rate kit, basic kit, you know, and then they want to add more and do the game changer. And then they want to add more and maybe do six packs and stuff. And they do it over time. And while that may be because of budgets or not really knowing what they want to do, I honestly think that's one of the best ways to do it because, you know, buy your stock Jeep and take it out. Just go play in the dirt with it stock and then put some stuff on it, some wheels and tires. And then because the flip side of that is, is having the customer who calls. And, you know, I love all of our customers, but we all have different environments stuff. Having the customer calls who puts something on 
and never knew how it felt beforehand. And we have to kind of give them a little bit of an education. Come over here and drive a stock cheap. You know, let's get a better education of where you went from to what you That's went right. to. Because you, these are tools. And like any tool, you need to know how to use it, the most basic version first before you like blow it out into this awesome deal. It, it's a great chance when you have these rigs, take them out there, play with them, learn how it works, challenge yourself with its stock, and then add more and more to it. It's almost like our friends Kevin and Brittany have done it right. They started out and they went out and wheeled that thing. The snot out of it, they wheeled the right. snot out of it, but they beat it up in its stock configuration. They put metal click suspension on, they beat it up some more. Now they got a, 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 a you know big massive V8 engine in there and some big massive axles and they're beating on it up some more. That's Which, right. by the way, great video they just did about six-pack shocks. They were here. It's a video they released after they came by here and did the meet and greet. It was once again great job to them, you know, and and what they're what they're doing and all the different programs are doing. I really appreciate appreciate uh, Kevin and Brittany and the Light Bright Channel. They've just been amazing friends. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think kind of got over all the stuff we got going on. Which really the big focus right now is is. Offered Expo this weekend. That's right. Next weekend is Skills Day, which I got to mention, everybody, Skills Day is on October 5th. Usually we close registration around two days before. I had to close registration down now because we're actually sold out. I think we're actually oversold oh, wow. uh, on it. And only and we could add more people, but it just would make the experience less enjoyable if you have too many people there. So That's right. So Skills Day, Fall Skills Day is sold out. If, you, if you're on the West Coast, you wanted to come out to it, you were thinking about it, give us a call a couple of days before. We'll let you know if we've had any cancellations for on-site registration. Then the following weekend, um, we got a CTI event here in uh, NorCal. You've got a bunch of stuff you're doing. So it's, yeah, you're right, just an ongoing thing. But check out our website, check out everything to get our schedules and, and follow us on Facebook. <sighs> Big breath. Okay. Right. So we decided, Corey and I decided to bring a couple of, we're always trying to experiment with this. We've had industry leaders. We've had industry uh, uh, reps. We've had recently doing a, uh, leaders of events and, and organizers of events. And then, of course, the shows where Corey and I just talk and talk and talk. And then uh, and Corey did his monologues the other day, uh, rants from the road. And um, and now we decided, hey, you know, what? let's bring on a couple of friends that have been on, I think, three modern Jeeper adventures with us now. I've known them since... Gosh, it was 2014 when I met them uh, in Texas. And I was, we were, there was the first time ever we were doing the CTI test. Like we literally had the trailer. We had taken it to Easter Jeep Safari. Corey was still over hanging out with, uh, with Genrite and, um, and wishing he was with us. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I went and did a cross country trip with my nephew all the way out to Jeep beach and came back through and we stopped in marble falls, Texas. And, and it was just some, um, some of our, our guests, which were all that, that, that event itself was being hosted by Jones Jeep, which you can go back to one of our flashback episodes where we have an interview with uh, Keith and Pauline Jones of Jones Jeep. And, but Jones Jeep was hosting it. And I met, that's this couple with the Jeep that they had and they had a, a metal cloak game changer suspension with six packs on it and they were doing some video stuff. And I was like, it was cool. Well, over the years, um, I've just keep running into them at different events because they've really made like this, their lifestyle. 
And so I thought, you know, why not? Let's talk to a couple of real modern Jeepers because they are the definition of modern Jeepers. Multiple Jeeps in the family travel the country, um, Jeeping wherever they can, have been on several modern Jeep events. And you've seen, if you've been on our Facebook page, you have seen the videos that they produced most recently for the Rubicon trip, which were awesome. So Jim and Deb Krigsauer, so happy to have you guys on on it. I know I just murdered your last name, but so happy to nope. have you a part uh, of, of Modern <laughs> Jeeper and the podcast. And uh, and just just been amazing to have you as friends. So so welcome. Appreciate you guys taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank uh, you for having us. Thank, yes, we're honored and privileged to be on Modern Jeepers podcast. <laughs> well, you know, it, as we said, this is a this is a, a you know the whole point of the show is just to have fun and to BS about things. And I thought, what a great thing to talk about you, you guys because y- your backgrounds are unique uh, and what you've done and. You know, it was like I was saying, you know, when we first met at at uh, at Jones Jeep and you can guys can kind of talk about that because I'm curious. We haven't we've talked about it, but you knew us through Keith and Pauline Jones. You knew about Metal because Keith and Pauline were just major advocates of the medical products. But what? Absolutely. Well, what, Matt's what I uh, you may not know this, but when we bought our first Jeep, uh, 2011 uh, black uh, Rubicon four door. Uh, we were looking to build um, the Jeep, and of course, we went to Four Wheel Parts, and I, I quickly learned that you know they didn't necessarily have the product that I was looking for. They were great folks, but not necessarily the product I want to look for. And I was driving through Marble Falls, and off the corner, I see Jones Jeeps. And I said, "Oh, there's there's a Jeep shop over there." I stopped in, and I I'm in my suit and tie, and I'm driving a company vehicle, and I I walk in, and Pauline looks looks at me, and goes, "What's this?" You know, guy in the suit and tie coming. <laughs> I just bought a Jeep, and I, I really want—I don't want to go crazy, but you know, I just want a, a decent build uh, on it. And they—they they were getting ready to go to uh, the off-road expo in in Pomona, and they—they they said, "Well, we're, well, let me see what's new, and when we come back, we'll have a consultation with you." The lady came back. They—they they, they saw your game changer suspension it was prototype in 2011 and they just right. were, yes and they were raving on it so i, I don't know this for a fact Matson, but our, our black jk may have been the very first game changer in, in the state of texas with <laughs> you know um, i i'm I, I don't know if it's true or not but i'm willing to give you that prize because that's that was pretty cool yeah 2011 <laughs> we just had we literally had it i remember having it on display on a um on a 32 inch ramp, uh, we had, we had for everybody who was listening, we had our driver's side front on a 32 inch ramp. We had our passenger side rear on a 16 inch platform. So you add that up, that's 48 inches of flex mm-hmm. going on, on there. We could have put the driver's side front on a 48 inch stand. This was the first time people had seen the six packs first time with the, the suspension. And it was just, it was just so cool. And I literally had to put on the windshield. I made a banner that stuck on the windshield that said three and a half inch suspend bolt on suspension. Cause I didn't, people would have looked at it thinking it was like a big, massive, you know, uh, coil over or, or, or not even coil over, but like a, a long arm system. Like, no, this is a three and a half inch lift. So that, that was, that was awesome. And, but I didn't realize that. So they went from there, came back to you guys and went, 
we found what you need. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, for about a year and a half, uh, wheeled with that the three and a half inch um, game changer and, and 35 inch tires and um, was outperforming pretty much anyone that I was out with. And so everyone was like, <laughs> oh yeah there was always a crowd around the black jeep yes um so that that was uh um and then of course we got had to get the second jeep because debbie every time we go out on the weekend i would it, race him for it <laughs> so he would we'd be off watching somebody else do an obstacle or we'd be guiding or whatever and um or you know just he'd be off on the the sidelines watching the person before him doing an obstacle and I would race back to the Jeep, jump in there and drive it because I mean, it, it just handled everything we threw at it. I loved that Jeep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, and, and so I, I, I was, you know, you're talking about seat time. I, I wasn't getting any seat time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, every, it's kind of interesting for me because every time I've been with you guys, I don't want Deb, driving a jeep because then i know i'm gonna miss out on seeing some really cool footage so although jim you've kind of picked that up as well yeah so well i'm camera b you know but <laughs> uh, she, she uses very little of my footage oh. as you guys know debbie does a <laughs> job of videoing oh, wow. and, and you know um just i can't uh, praise her enough for, for that but i, I gotta finish the story on on, on the jeep because I, I borrowed her car. It was a, a Honda, uh, real nice, brand new car. And I, I just drove it to a Jeep dealer and came back with with an orange Jeep and, and handed her the keys. Now let me drive my Jeep. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So, and that orange Jeep has evolved, right? So your first Jeep was the 2000. That, was that your first Jeep in your lifetime was the, two, was the 2011? Yes, so it's the first Jeep that we owned. You know, owned prior, okay. you know, I hate to say how far back, but I used to um, Toyota. Um, I was kind of a Toyota pickup truck in, in the early 80s. And then when we forgive to, you. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But at least it was solid axle. I mean, you know, that's... Yeah, they were solid axles back then. Um, nice. It was it, it was a good rig, uh, but uh, we fell in love with Jeeps. Um, we've been going up to Ure and yeah, you'll uh, like this um, Colorado for for years and years, taking our kids up there on vacation and and doing you know Black Bear, Imogene, and all all those Rental beautiful Jeeps and, and and renting a Jeep while we're up there. Of course, if anyone's done that, you know you have to have that Jeep back by five o'clock and must be spotless when you turn it in. We never had it. <laughs> we always got parts another day. You know, so <laughs> Enough, enough. We're, we're, they came out with a four door and they improved the the interior on 2011. That's when we bit the bullet and bought bought our first Jeep. Nice, nice. So then, what year is the orange one? 2012. 2012. And that's also backup section. What's the name for the black for the black Jeep? Uh, Jack. Jack. And, and what's the name for the orange Jeep? Julius, as in orange. Julius. Oh, orange oh, Julius. Julius. Ah. Jack and Julius. Julius. So, so black Jack and orange Julius. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and so, and, and then, but the orange Jeep has just like gone through an evolution pretty much. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen blackjack since, since like forever. Cause every time I see you guys, orange Julius is out. 
<laughs> well, you know, Jack doesn't get as much love in his Orange Julius does. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It has evolved. And as, as you guys were talking earlier, it's been um, a, a nice evolution. We go out there and just wheel. And, and at some point, you just you go to the next next level. But I don't think at this point that it's still been overdone. We're not running 42s. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but, no, and um, I think that, that – to your point about wheeling, you know, taking your Jeep out and playing with it when it's stock, we did that with Julius. It took it to took her to um, Moab, and I wheeled bone stock out there, you know, with paper plates on it, and had such a blast. And it was so good to have done that before we nice. started doing the builds, you know. So you got to feel for your Jeep, and, and right off the showroom floor, the Rubicon already is fully capable. And, and both Jeeps still have the original three and a half inch game changer on it obviously over over time we've we've you know uh, we've built the, 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 the joints and things of that nature but it's still the original three and a half inch game changer yeah that's cool okay so what you know what year is orange julius uh 2012 so 2012 so there's a there's a bit of technology difference between the two too oh well, my yeah gosh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the 2012, I mean, you know, talk about a game changer from the 2011. I mean, it was a big jump. Things changed dramatically. And, and uh, the, the 3.6 liter is, is by far, as you guys just, know, just yeah. so much better than a 3.8. So at some point, uh, um, Jack will probably need to get a, a new engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting over time. I mean, when I first met you guys, I think you were at uh, one of the local off-road shops here in Montrose and uh, having a little bit of work oh, yeah. done, just some some maintenance stuff and you guys were were staying outside of of just just below where my actual house is and you know at one of these points in time we're gonna have to both be at the same place at the same time and go wheeling yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 right i'll never forget when i walked in that shop and you had a metal folk hat on and i said oh i like your hat that's right <laughs> that's right um we, we we need to hit some of those trails together right there in your backyard for sure. Absolutely. For sure. We're going to hold you to that. This year has been an exciting year for us. As you mentioned earlier, Mattson, that we, we've been on three modern Jeeper uh, um, adventures with Moab, Tillamook, and the Rubicon. And they all three were unique in of themselves and so exciting. And what a pleasure it has it's been for, for us and, and for Debbie to have the opportunity to film those. Uh, and, and I think she's done some outstanding videos uh, that, that demonstrate truly what modern Jeeper is all about, because there's so many different types of Jeeps on, on those events. And, and everyone just at the end of the event has, has become truly good friends and almost li- lifelong friends. Well, and I, I continue to tell this story to people, even all the way back east. I've never been with anybody as many times as I've run the, the Golden Spike Trail in Moab. I've never been with anyone that has walked slash ran the entire trail with a video <laughs> camera in their hand. Yeah. And I kept hearing that. And I, you know, I didn't make it to, to Moab this year and, you know, you guys were out there for the first time. So I was glad that you came to Tillamook because I would have been for all the years that we've been, that we've known each other. We, again, never we, together. We've never wheeled together. Usually, you, you know, you've showed up at, at TDS almost every year and, 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 you know, I'm busy doing something and you guys were off going and wheeling. So it was awesome to be able to actually go out and do that with you on at, at Tillamook, but to miss you. And that's why I was really glad you did it. Cause I would have been really, really bummed if the one time you guys 
all wheel together was at Moab and I missed it. But, but then <laughs> to hear that really it was Jim wheeling and that Deb, you walked the entire trail to get that video footage. I mean, yes, we all know. And I've seen, I've seen this. So modern Jeepers out there, Debbie is a badass. Okay. So oh, Jim, that's Jim, right. Jim, Jim, Jim married up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you there. And, 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 and she is just, I mean, there is, I just want to kind of give you guys a sense. The, the Rubicon trip, I think Deb was as dirty as our spotters <laughs> were by the time we got to, to camp. Cause she would, she climbs, she crawls, she lays on the ground. I don't, the dirt, the dust, the grime. I mean, she looks like she has been out there rock rolling all day just to get camera footage okay this is this is a true professional so when you see these videos you can't underestimate the effort not only in the editing to make the final film but what she has done to capture the footage and putting yourself in some cases in you know right in the middle of the path like right in the middle of you know in front of a vehicle to catch that line or to catch that thing and to do what she's she's done, it's like I honestly think next time we need to have a, a camera following her to film the actual <laughs> filming of the filming, so people get a sense of what 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 she's actually doing. Well, and I mean, for being only twenty five years old, they both look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you're, well, you're so well kind. there's a, there's some little fun fact there, or a little truth in that because they are. They act like twenty-five-year-olds. Okay, I don't know what what secret sauce you guys are using, but maybe it's just that you have truly set an example for happiness in life and how that can keep you young. Because you know, I, I, you're always smiling, you're always enjoying yourself. You know, I don't, you're not complaining about. You're just, you're just living life, and and I really appreciate that. I mean, I just, I, I appreciate knowing you guys because you're an inspiration because right now you're you're pretty much retired right yes uh currently semi-retired semi-retired right. <laughs> semi-retired and and just for our modern jeepers what did you do prior to retiring jim um i was senior managing director for service corporation international which is the owner and operator of funeral homes and cemeteries um 24 7 so a guy who was in the guy who was in the embalming business um <laughs> <laughs> they 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 for in the business in the business of death they are the exact opposite i mean they are they are, there's so much life in jim and deb and and i just think it's a great example of how modern jeepers are and, and what it means to be a modern jeeper and to be able to go out there and live life because you you travel in your how big is that rv tell me about your, tell us about that rig okay so um, we have a 45-foot motor coach, and um, we basically use it as the mothership. Um, we <laughs> tow the yeah. all over the country, and we get into this area, and then we'll, you know, the Jeep is kind of like, if you think of the mothership, the dinghy, <laughs> the, the, the Jeep. And we take it out, and we just kind of go around that area and explore, you know, hundreds of miles out in every direction. And um, that's just how we do it we just we love just exploring this country and we have a rule we had a rule to kind of stay west of the front range and and our other rule is north of 90 degrees so um, it gets so too I, hot we go yeah, north it kept yeah, there you go out, but you know on this last trip this trip that we took just 
that we just got back from today, um, we went up to Canada and we came and we went all through Montreal and Quebec and down through um, uh, New Brunswick and um, Nova Scotia and then back in, hooked back into the U.S., into Maine and down um, the, the coast, down to New Hampshire before coming across the country back here to um, Indiana to pick up our motor coach. We were getting some work done on it. And I'm now seeing parts of the country out east, the northeast, and, and definitely up in Canada that I, I, you know, we'd love to spend more time in. We kind of did a rush job on the expedition, if you will, across <laughs> I would love to spend more time and, and really explore those areas as well. Well, and, and you've got a modern Jeeper event coming up uh, in uh, in the east as well. We're not scheduled to be, be on it, but that sounds like it's going to be an exciting uh, adventure as well. Well, yeah, we we did have that scheduled. We ended up having to cancel it um, mainly because, and, I, and I'm I've taken the, I've taken the fall for it because um, didn't do enough advance notice or marketing because we were still trying to figure out what we wanted to do out there, and so we just didn't have enough registrations. So that being oh. said, there there is still a group of people who are self organizing to go do that because they had already taken time off, and we're doing what we can to help them on on doing that, but they're a little self-organizing for their own little vacation out there to still do it. So, but it's not going to be an official modern Jeeper event. And, and it's unfortunate we had to do that, but it was a decision Corey and I made in discussing it with the team and deciding, you know, just, just the logistics of doing that. And we were at a point where we had to start pulling the trigger on some invoices and bills and we weren't quite being there and we didn't really want to enter into it being, you know, ultimately, as a modern Jeeper needs needs to break even on these events, and that's our always our goal. So, for for our, our our listeners out there, you know, this was something that Matt and I we 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 knew we wanted to go there, and we knew we wanted to have this event. Yet, you know, with me being on the road so much, and neither of us really had a whole lot of time to kind of put things together the way we would do it. So, it was it was tough, and and we still had a lot a lot of people reaching out. And um, I'm going to throw this out there: nothing is is confirmed yet, but it is possible that I may be making another trip back east, and it may be oh it may be around this time frame where we would have had our event. I know we have a group that's still going to go do these parks. Um, there's an event out there at Roush, actually on the I think it's on the 18th or 19th. It's a pretty large event. There may be a chance for the CTI trader to get back east again. I don't have any of that confirmed. In fact, this is the first time Matson's even hearing it. So, Jim <laughs> and Deb, if you guys are around back there still at that time, I'd love to see you guys. Well, and we may be. We're trying to plan out where, where we head next. So, uh, we just might. We'll, we'll maybe after after we'll hook up and just uh, see if we can make that happen. Where did Trailnut come from? Oh, that's a really good question. Now, I'll let Debbie answer that one. Well, um, it all started from trying to figure out, okay, in Texas, on the license plates, you only have, what, six letters? Mm -hmm. Six letters. So, T-R-L-N-U-T. So, I was, like, trying to come up with a combination of letters that they kind of said something about what we like to do, what we like to do and what the Jeep was about and tried a whole bunch of different combinations, some of which were really great, but they weren't available. They were already taken and trail net just kind of came out. And after a few tries on other various combinations of letters and numbers, <laughs> that, that actually turned out to be the best possible thing I could have picked and it stuck. And it's 
it was stuck since 2012. Yeah, it, yeah. We're, we're, 2011 actually. 2011, yes. Yeah, so it was uh, that was the original plate that we put on black. That was the first. Yeah. And we thought it described us because we just we're nuts about the trails, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it's it's very fitting, and um, I'll make. And, I'll make and, sure that in our notes that we have a link to the Trail Nut YouTube channel, which was is, is where the majority of all your videos are actually posted. That, that's correct. And we created a little website, too. Um, but you get to it either way. We'll be driving down the road, and we'll see, oh, there's a trail. wonder where that goes. Well, next thing you know, we're, we're <laughs> We used to drive our kids nuts. Because even, you know, when they were really young and, you know, we had another vehicle, gosh, when we had a, a Montero um, back before they became citified, the, the boxier ones, the 1996. Anyway, we took my son wheeling almost every weekend when he was still in a car seat. And then my daughter, of course, you know, three years later, and, and we would drive them crazy because we would literally like be on our way someplace and we'd see a trail and we're like, oh, and we turn around, flip around and go do that trail. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes they were just like, mom, dad, yeah. <laughs> no more trails. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. It really was just a family thing for the longest kind of time, you know, especially down in college. We'd go out to Colorado every year and do the trails and, and we lived for that. And that was kind of, you know, it's evolved. Yeah. Well, you're, you're still trail nuts. We can attest to that. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, and I, I got to tell you this because you, you talk about uh, our first trip to Moab with, with Julius, our daughter joined us. And so my, she's she, an excellent driver. Yeah. She drove Jack she, and Debbie dro drove Julius. And so how much seat time do you think I got? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's, at least you got to go do, uh, you know, Rubicon as uh, Deb was going. You get to drive Julius around. You took it through the Rubicon. Deb, did you do any driving the Rubicon or was you doing all filming? Well, the first time that we went um, back in, but on this, on I this, drove. But on this trip, I really didn't drive that much. I, think she, I, was, I, I tossed her the keys, and she got to do a little sluice. Okay. I oh, oh, right. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so your Jeep with with Julius, the evolution. Let's go back to talking about evolution of a Jeep. So you started out, you 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 wheeled it stock. What was the first thing you put onto it? Well, I didn't know. You know, when we first bought the Jeep. They had already ordered. Jim had already ordered um, a whole metal cloak setup for me from the the bottom up i had um when i returned back from moab it was my birthday actually and she thought she was getting 35 i thought i was just getting tires new tires <laughs> and um they had it up on the lift and i walked under it and i looked and i saw that little bit of red <laughs> on the six pack on the six pack shocks and i just I bumped my head on the underside of my jeep jumping up and down <laughs> <laughs> i did it <laughs> stepping <laughs> up and down and i was like oh my god oh my god so, and that was the beginning of it um yeah. and and we you know obviously it's been through several iterations through the years but um it started off as you know i i wanted a jeep that i could keep up with the guys with with jim and and you know wheel and be able to do whatever his jeep did at what point did you start evolving it to make it more of an overlanding rig? Because it's definitely one of one of the best overlanding rigs I've seen with your rooftop tent and you know your whole setup. But how, when did that evolution start? Well, when we hit 
the road um, about three years ago. I mean, she was pure rock crawler and um, we, we started getting out on trails and, and it became more about the, the journey and the obstacles in between were more of a means to an end kind of, I still love to rock crawl and, and, you know, I'll get after it whenever I can, but it was more about just the journey, you know, it didn't have to be a destination that we were really going to, but sometimes it was a lake or, or, a, you know, we were up in Montana, some glacier field or something that, you know, was worth going, getting to see. And um, it was more about the journey. And I I can, I can remember exactly when we go, we need to turn down the way that we can sleep in our tent. There was one specific One specific thing. We were at uh, Lake City, Colorado, and we we had dinner and we had a choice of going up and over the mountain. Corey, you know exactly where we were. Or do we, or do we drive all the way around? And we, we both looked at each other. That's silly. We're, we're driving up and over the mountain. So we night-wheeled. <laughs> yeah, so we night-wheeled, and we're up at the top of um, Engineer Pass, and it's probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we go, we, want to we, camp. Just, we just need to stay here. Yeah. But we didn't have any way of I don't want. Okay, I don't sleep on the ground. <laughs> and that's, that's like a hard We've had a couple. I have had two bear encounters while camping, and I said, you know, so camping's kind of like a oh, double-edged sword for me. You know, I I love it, but in the same token, oh, I don't like camping on the ground. So, so the girl, the girl, the girl who gets out there and will get grubby <laughs> and dirty and and dirt under her fingernails and dirt on her face and grease on her face, getting a video. It isn't going to sleep on the ground. No bears. Oh, no. And no bears. <laughs> and and uh, thank you for your compliment on, on the overlanding because we really have what I believe is a true hybrid, which is rock crawler slash overlander. Well, that- we really have a nice setup, as you said, where we're self-sufficient, uh, we're prepared, we have all the safety gear that we need to rescue ourselves, um, and uh, stove to cook on, and refrigerator, and, and, and a camp. Uh, and a nice rooftop camp. Yeah, and that, that was what was important to me that it was I could still rock crawl, like we could still go and have fun on some really good trails, some tough obstacles, and yet still have a jeep that you know we could get out and get lost in, you know, and and be lost for a couple of days or or a week or more. It's kind of like a little self-reliant little machine that we can so- live out of. So let's talk about some of that gear you have. Like, okay, so, you know, it, it is kind of a funny story because Corey and I have talked on this show about uh, people doing last minute changes and repairs that are untested <laughs> on their vehicle before they show up at an event or <laughs> or a race or whatever else. And you almost didn't make it to the Rubicon edition of Modern Jeeper Adventures because you did some last minute upgrades and uh to your rig and thankfully the guy who yeah. did it for you stan an amazing uh, uh mechanic and an amazing builder um so so what did you, so let's talk about let's talk with the drivetrain what are you currently running well um i'm glad, glad, you, glad you asked you, you're right stan is amazing at crawler off-road and he helped us really change the the we've got two um dana 60 spicer uh front and rear um, axles with 533s in it and 38. Uh, you know, excuse me, yeah, 538. Oh, I knew that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 538. Nice. Um, Tom, Tom Woods drive shafts and um, race line wheels. Thank you because. Uh, well, that started it all. Yeah, that, yeah. You that, guys that, actually that, won a you won one of our gift certificates. We did. Yeah. We did. Oh, and I, here's the story. 
story. So I'm going to go there. <laughs> so, so we order these wheels, you know, that, that we won that half off of on. Um, so we, we ordered them and they come with eight lugs. lugs. Oh, right. And so we had to get the, I mean, we were like, what do we do? So now we had to get the, the Dana sixties because, you know, yeah, that's so, that's a okay. little bit different. No, I, I'm actually, that's a good tip for modern Jeepers out there. Like husbands, that's if you right. want to convince your wife to get new axles, just order your wheels with eight lugs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually a story. That's our tech that's tip of the week here from Modern Jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> so so you Everybody get them, so you got the Dana Spicers. So and what else did he do for you? Let's see, the Dana Spicers, the, the race line wheels. Yeah. Jesse. Uh, the PS, that's right. The, the hydraulic assist, uh, PSC steering, uh, which makes all the difference in the world. And I think that's really primarily. What size tires are you running on it now? Uh, th 30, 39s. Uh, 39s. True and measure 38s, probably. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and for our listeners. For our listeners to understand, though, that I, I, I mean, this is a, a very well-built overland style of rig. And like Deb said, it, it has got the heart of a rock crawler, though. And we've, we've seen, I've, I've been with you guys through some pretty difficult stuff, not your average trails and a little, you guys will take the hard lines and you're not afraid of that. And the Jeep does extremely well as a quote unquote, an overlanding style of rig. In fact, I, I'm not. Most of the times, things are things either get too heavy; uh, they're not built strong right. enough. Your guys' Jeep performs flawlessly. You talk about the overlanding style. So, um, the the biggest, most obvious element on your rig that makes it overlanding is your hard top tent. So, what what brand is that? How long have you had that? It's an Ursa Minor. Uh, we've had that now for close to a year, not quite just shy of a year called the ursa minor j30 oh. um and yeah. that was our kind of our answer to the rooftop tent there's a lot available out there on the market but we kind of thought that would not raise the profile of the vehicle that much i mean it does a little bit i think it's overall it's the highest point in the very back and maybe as much as six inches and it only added about 125 pounds over uh, the original over, hard over top. original hard top um, oh wow so that's nice it, Yes, it, 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 it's been a, a, a great addition to, to the vehicle. And as Corey said, it doesn't really, it still articulates and runs with the, with, with the best of them on the trail. We did have to change a few things about the, you know, dynamics of the vehicle because, you, you know, you're obviously gaining vertical height and, and, and that little bit more weight. That's like one person um, more weight. And it does make a, a little bit of difference depending on what you're running as far as springs go and um, your shocks. So revalving, you guys revalved our shocks, and that made a like a world of difference. And then we replaced the springs, which were yeah, we had we had since the beginning. We had 140,000 okay. miles on those dual rate springs, and they were still running, you know, very well. But, but when we the added the additional 140,000 miles, is that what you said? Yep, hundred and forty thousand miles. Oh my! On those, wow. On those, yeah. Yeah. They, and so we figured. And I didn't have any body roll, but when I got the top, that extra bit of weight and that vertical height that we had gained caused a little bit of body roll that I just wasn't comfortable with. So when we 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 replaced the springs and, and revalved the shocks, you guys revalved the shocks, and, and now it, it drives better than it did 
before I added that extra weight in the first place. Well, and, and for our listeners that don't, under, I mean, that, that, so we talk about overlanding vehicles and we talk to a lot of people about, you know, putting on rooftop tents on their, on their JKs and JLs and things like that. This, this top that, that Jim and Deb have is, is not a, it's not a tent that sits up on top. It actually replaces the, the top of their Jeep. This thing is, I got to crawl around in it at, at Moab. And we're talking about a six foot nine inch standing room height when it's open. Um, hmm. It's it's giant and it's it's very well made, very well set up. It's it's actually got a it's a hard top um, that collapses down, creating the top of the the jeep. Plus, is that it has its own rack on top as well, right? Is that yes? You, you added a rack on top of there just so you can add more yeah, equipment on top if you need to. Exactly. Yeah, we, we keep uh, four uh, max tracks um, on the top just in case we need them. We, we've never needed it, but we've used them to rescue other people. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to knock on wood on that yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. um, and we put a rack up there for uh, so we can throw some extra gear and clothing. When we're on a longer expedition. we're on a longer expedition. Yeah, it's, it's well set up. The the interior of it too. I don't know, Corey. I think you saw that too. We've got a real nice setup from Goose Gear. Um, they have a nice camp kitchen and and a drawer. We took out the back seats to to make more room because our kids don't necessarily go wheeling with us anymore. And we um, but we do take our dog with us, Spice, and she travels in the back. We put a little memory foam um, back there. Got a, Made her a little bed. She's yeah, super so, comfortable. <laughs> nice. But, but, to your point about being prepared, that was one of the other things that we were thinking, you know, how can we fit it out on the interior so that when we set at camp, it's kind of, it's a quick, quick. you know, everything's there that we need. There's a pull out for the fridge. Um, the fridge pulls completely out. The stove. stove. Um, we've got. What, what know, fridge are you using? We're using the, um, the National Luna. It's the twin nice. weekender. Yeah, yeah. We really like it. It's a freezer and. It's a freezer and a refrigerator. And a refrigerator combination. So, at the same time? Yeah. At the same time. Oh, yeah. Got, okay. yeah, it's got a separation in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so whatever you set the refrigerator for, it's a good, um, I don't know how many degrees cooler in the smaller compartment just because it's the way it's set up. Yeah. And that keeping ice cream pretty cold and, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have ice cream on the trail. <laughs> yes, the important thing. Mochis. The mochis, yeah, we you were handing out mochis. At the, on the Rubicon Trail, everybody was like, "What? Where did that come from?" So, and then you have a you have a stove. What stove are you using? It's one that's designed to fit. In, in right. The so, so they actually um, Goose Gear actually um, provided that. I mean, is well, it alcohol or is it uh, propane? It's, propane. It's, it's propane. We have a small uh, miniature propane tank that's um, on the back of the. Uh, the back of the jeep and um i just run the run the hose to it so i don't have to carry all those little bitty cans yeah we have nice where's the tank where's the tank mounted it's mounted to the back uh tire carrier that was another thing that stan created a just stan at crawler off-road custom built a mount for couldn't figure out where to stick that that silly you know propane tank and you know it he just he said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And he made this really cool little mount for it. And then off of that, when we got the jack, which yeah. another thing that we have, 
the the, the ARB ARB hydraulic hydraulic jack Hylus jack we really really are loving that and he created a mount that mounts off of that so <laughs> wow these guys don't play around and and for our listeners out there I've got a a spec sheet on uh, Julius's build that, that is from their their website now this is on djkfilms.com which is uh, looks like you guys interchange between DJK Films and Trailnut a little bit back and right. forth. We started with DJK Films, and um, you know, just recently we've kind of sort of morphed over to Trailnut. You know, it seems to fit everything. I still use DJK Films as kind of the because it was original. I I had that sure. original the channel name. But now you can go to trail-nut.com and get to the same thing. Both Corey. both ways both. Both ways you can get there. Yeah, it looked like I clicked on the links and they're both forwarding to the same site. So, but I'll make sure in our podcast <laughs> notes that uh, we'll we'll give them links so that folks can check out uh, both of the jeeps for sure. Yeah, the, I've, like you said, I've got the entire build list listed on there. You nice. know, we have to laugh sometimes though. As prepared as we are, there are things that, like times when we get out on the trail and the most mundane thing on your list, like water, you get someplace and and we open up the refrigerator and that's the one thing we maybe don't have enough of so that's <laughs> well and water is so heavy yeah. well and it's but it's like crucial it's so important and it's so funny how we can have you so set up the way we are and sometimes just you know realize at the last minute we gotta turn around and go get water <laughs> yeah that whole that whole water thing i don't know that whole dehydration i don't know yeah you know it's just you know one of those things as far as being prepared like you were talking about earlier it's just you know that we we really tried to build it so that we could be prepared for anything and, and be self-reliant and you know if, if on a whim we decide to take a trail that takes us further away from a grocery store or wherever we don't have to turn around we're usually pretty well you know stocked on everything that we need well so. madison maybe this is a good a good slice into our tech tips yeah yeah definitely because there are so many little things you've added to it right like like okay so you've got we the, the obvious stuff the hard top and the things but like you guys are showing off this shovel um oh. uh, to me that was was pretty cool let's give a plug for for that company because that was a pretty good little yeah. product tell us about that that's demos they are out of jackson wyoming and this shovel is probably the best survival shovel that you could ever have and it collapses up um and mounts on the back of, of our tire carrier but you can mount, mount it, it anywhere mount that, it anywhere anywhere that you uh, see fit and it folds up real nicely, but when you unfold it and, and extend the handle, you have a full-size shovel, um, or it could, or you can set it up and, and be a hoe. It's just phenomenal. So um, super lightweight, um, made in the USA. The the company we we actually ran into Susan Piper, who is the um, owner and founder. Of yeah, of most Collective. She was actually making shovels for her son, who's a um, snowboarder. Snowboarder, and you know how they like to shape the snow for jumps and whatnot out there. This is, you know, what he and his friends used to use all kinds of things to do it. Well, she got the idea for the shovel, for making shovels, because of him. But as time went on, she started seeing a need in search and rescue, and and um, now the overland and off-road community um you know we all need or even rock crawlers so there's, yeah there's times you just you need a shovel to, to dig out 
certain events like Tillamook, part of the rules of Oregon and, and the OHV community out there was to make sure you have a shovel, right? Yeah. Everybody had to have a shovel. It was one of the rules we had out there. Um, so it, because you never know when you're going to be in a situation where you got to dig out. Yeah, and that was a really cool shovel. Plus you did, yeah. what was it? You also have a couple other mods that are a little hidden on, the, on that orange rig. Where I can plug in the Jeep at shore night, power. Uh, shore power. That uh, when I plug it in, the refrigerator will be running off of uh, standard electricity versus the battery, and um, and it also has a, a dual battery charger. So at nighttime, when we're at the coach, I plug it in and charge the battery and keeps the refrigerator cool without um, using any like using battery power. So that's that's kind of awesome. Thing. Are you running two batteries in the Jeep? Yes, we got the uh, Genesis. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and two, gotcha. You know, Dual Genesis battery setup. It works fantastic. Yeah, great guys just, over was, there at Genesis. I'm still catching up. I was actually I went to the to Demos Shovels page and I'm just blown away. They've they do a lot of really cool stuff. And I love the uh one of their their statements on their website is human error is expected, but hardware error is unacceptable. Nice. Exactly. Like, they're, they're just a great group of people, just like, you know, like super like, passionate about what they do and just, you know, just like you guys are with Jeeps. Yeah, they are with shovels. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You got to have your passion someplace. Yeah, uh, well, that's cool. So, yeah. So, Corey, I, I, that's it is a great time. I and mean, we've you know, we could talk for hours with Jim and Deb about especially about the individual uh, events. Now, I will ask this question, though, before we go on. Of the three modern Jeeper adventures you've been on now, so we've got Moab, Tillamook, and Rubicon, what was your favorite and why? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, I mean, for me, I, gosh, I have to say the Rubicon, I mean, just because of what it represents. I mean, the Rubicon is just, that's like the the quintessential off-road adventure. I, I just, I have to pick the Rubicon, but I love Moab and, and Tillamook was such a, a different experience. I've never been in forests like that. We usually are used to wheeling on, you know, the rocks in the wide open and it's sand a lot different experience. Oh, in the sand dunes. Yeah. So that was just a very different experience in, in wheeling than, you know, well, both and, of us. Have been I on. think the other piece the of, the, of why she likes the Rubicon and I, I did as well because it was combining overlanding and um, you know, rough maybe that's crawling, what it is. Um, being able to camp and and places where people don't get to camp, um, right. and it's just beautiful. Um, and so it was a more of a combination of the two. Moab was f- phenomenal wheeling, uh, just a phenomenal time, um, and and same with with Tillamook. But you had the full package there. Uh, for the combination rock crawling slash overlanding with the Rubicon. Food was amazing as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, as Corey was saying, our tech tip of the week, and we were we were talking about really it's about this equipment and the type of stuff that you had. And and it's, it's a little bit, it's not a, a it, it comes back to being prepared and being prepared for different situations. So, uh, now, since we have Corey, since we have Jim and Deb here, and they've done, they have done a, such a great job creating this ultimate rig that can go out, run the Rubicon like it's nothing. I mean, it, it went through a little sluice like it was butter. 
and um, and then go out and do in the middle of no place like Death Valley, which, you know, we have our Death Valley trip. I'm hoping you guys can come out and join us yeah. um, and do something like Death Valley and just be out in the middle of no place, stop someplace next to the Joshua trees and camp. Getting to that point took some time and we've talked a little bit about what was there, but let's talk about the essentials, about the, the basic things you need if you're going to go overlanding, you're going to go into that, into, into that world. That's a great question. Um, well, you definitely need to make sure that I would say you think about all your rescue gear. You know, you need to be able to, especially if you're by yourself. I mean, obviously you wouldn't go on an adventure like Death Valley necessarily by yourself, but you need to be able to self-rescue for sure. Yeah. So, um, um, I mean, obviously Warren Wench, we have, you know, all the, the gear to go along with that, with your straps, your, your tree straps and sand tracks, um, your, your tracks. max tracks. But you know, the, you, you've got to be able to sustain life, um, even if you did get stuck and able self-rescue. So in addition to that, I really believe the, the cookware um, and refrigerator slash refrigerator, it doesn't have to be um, yes. battery powered, but it is helpful to, if it is. Because uh, you don't have to worry about ice, but you've got to have that a, um, a a place to sleep. And so the rooftop tent, which we've we've discussed, was I think a critical piece to us really becoming overlanders. And then adding the the, the kitchen, refrigerator, and stove on top because we already had the other rescue gear and most of that because of our rock crawling experience there and rescuing other people. Well, I was just thinking, I mean, I, you know, it's such a different perspective when we jump in our rig and we're going to go, we're going to run around on a trail for a day um, that's fairly close to a town, like, like somewhere in Moab or, or something to that effect, where there's a lot of people around, but even something like the Rubicon, you know, I've never been one of those guys that you never want to rely on somebody else to help you out yet. That's why we all go jeeping in groups is so that we can help each other out when we need to, but the 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 feeling of being able to take care of anything you know this is this is the popularity of a uh, of bear grills and um the naked and afraid tv series and <laughs> like to to be able to go look you can drop me off and i'll be fine that's that's something that i don't think a lot of people really uh understand well when it comes down to water like you said jim being able to, able to self-sustain yourself and then be able to survive even if it's just an overnight experience out in the wilderness that's a, it's a huge thing and it requires yeah. a pretty specific set of gear Stay warm you yeah. want to have water i mean you can survive a little bit without food for a couple of days of water no way and, well, and, to, and be, to stay warm and we, temperatures we, drop you know those, those are two important things to well and, and we do carry a device that will filter water um, in the oh, event yeah, the that we, we do run out of water, what's it called? Life straw. Life straw. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 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 Well, so, and I have I carry a backpack. I have a go bag with me all the time, and it's it's a very basic go bag. But it's it's even when I go out jeeping with a group of people, and it's just a day trip. Even when I go on a road trip, like we're about to drive down to um, to uh, off road expo. I'm going to be in the truck. We're going to be mainly on five. There shouldn't be any problems, but I still carry this go bag with me. And in there is one of those silver blankets, you know, just in case. Yes. A first aid kit, just in case. My Leatherman, just in case. 
um, uh, you know, the uh, life straw, just in case, you know, it's, I, I just always have had that, that Boy Scout mentality of always trying to be prepared for every just in case. So even if you're out there, modern Jeepers, and you're not planning on overlanding or overnighting and stuff, you should still have a, a basic bag that you throw in there. You know, we all talk about having a recovery bag and maybe taking a, a rudimentary toolkit, or if you're going out with a group of people, making sure everybody has something, but throw a little backpack in there or something that just has some things, has a couple extra bottles of water, has a life straw, has, um, or some other filtering system or has, you know, has a knife, have these little basic things, the type of stuff that Bear Grylls will have or Survivor Man will have or anybody. So, because you never know, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, even a, a spool of, of, of twine, I always have a spool of twine with me just to make sure that something can be done. Right. So it's, it is that little, that attitude of, of being prepared for the unknown, which really makes an overlander or even off any off-roader uh, that much more successful. Yep, and the first aid kit too. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that my sack bag, um, and just knowing that it's there, you just you know. Well, and let's talk first aid kits for a second, because we can go down to the store and you can buy a first aid kit, and half the time I notice you pop these things open and they're pretty inadequate. They have some mm -hmm. aspirins in there. They have some neosporin or something in there, and a couple band aids. I mean, a good a good first aid kit, what I built mine for my backpacking when I used to go backpacking a lot. Right. And part of it was some stuff I was given when I went and did a red cross uh, first aid course. And it was included a sling. You want some sort of sling for holding your arm. You want something to be able to wrap up gauze for a splint or to be able to wrap things up different types of band-aids, different types of, of gauze in there. Um, a, you know, some sort of blade, some sort of razor blade in case you have to do a cut or, or clean something up, or if you get a snake bite or something like that, you know, um, and of course, variations of antibiotics, aspirins, you know, those little things. And, you know, it's, it, there's all kinds of little things you should put in there and stuff that you know, you might need, meaning that if there's something you use at home regularly, because it helps you with whatever's going on with your personal system, medicine or others, Keep extra in your first aid kit because you never know when you might lose it. If you have a if you have a medication you need to take, put extras in your first aid kit just in case. So keep, make that first aid kit be your source for yourself and others in case something goes wrong. And just think about what might be. And I'm always adding new things into my little first aid kit. And mine is only um, like five inches by se eight, seven or eight inches. It's a it's a little pack I got from from one of the local sports stores but it has different layers in it and i can just keep putting stuff inside of it and just just make sure it's compact it's interesting even as 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 much as i travel across the country in my luggage i have a, a separate little it's not really my my shaving kit you know it's not my toothbrush and all that it's kind of a separate little bag and it's not very big it's about i don't know five inches by four inches a little zippered enclosure but it's pretty funny, and I take that thing with me everywhere, and it's got stuff like Pepto in it. It's got stuff like cold <laughs> medicine and and allergy tablets and sinus stuff and back patches for when I'm sore and mm -hmm. like all of these things. And I, I actually, when I got home, I opened it up and kind of went, okay, when I got home, what did I use? What do yeah, I replace it with? Yeah. Right. 
That is such a key point too, because we use stuff when we go backpacking or we go off-roading anything on our rigs and it's coming back in and reassessing not only how's your rig doing, but what did I use? What did I replenish? Because the last thing you want is to go on to that next trip and realize, uh-oh, I don't have any band-aids left or uh-oh, my fire extinguisher got used and it's and now it's empty or whatever it happens to be or uh-oh, my thing, you know, something broke and I didn't quite replace it. It's like, take the time to assess what you have. When you're going out on a trip, um, even if it's just on a whim, because if you're if you're like Jim and Deb and you're going down a highway and suddenly you, with the full intention of heading like to a, another another populated town and all of a sudden you see this little side road and go, let's hey, let's go exactly. see what that is. You you need to be prepared for that because you don't want to be out there in the middle of no place and realize, well, I should have taken this run because I don't have any water because I forgot to pack it into my fridge. Yeah, and the, the first aid kit that we carry is called MyFAC. Um, it's made by uh, my medic, and it has pretty much everything in it that you could possibly need, even from sutures. You know? Oh wow! And, yeah, yeah I could somebody up if I had to. And, and, Hopefully and that never happens. Every, every <laughs> pretty much every time we get back, we 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 make sure that uh, if we took anything out, it is replaced. We had somebody with us. Um, uh, somebody came up to visit us when we were in Wyoming. And they had an allergic reaction, got super sick. And I had Benadryl on the hand right away. And I mean, perfect. Yeah, it was perfect because I mean, they, I didn't know how allergic they were, how far they were going to go, but they were really having a bad time. And that, just having that was, it was like the perfect thing. And, and then she was better. Wow. You know? That's awesome. Well, that is great. Well, you know, it's it really. I'm glad we we decided to talk about that for the tech tip because it really does hit where you know you just need to be prepared. And it's these little things sometimes you don't think about, like the first aid kit. It's like, man, yeah, I've got my, I've got my rig, I've got my wheels, I've got my tires, I've got my, you know, all my my medical light inspection. Bars. Yeah, I got all that cool stuff. The light bars. Yeah, I got plenty of light bars, <laughs> but I forgot the first aid kit. So um, it, that it, it is about wanting you our modern jeeper listeners when you go out there and you wheel and you do you have fun because that's what this is all about it's the adventure and sometimes people can go back and say well that didn't quite go the way but man it was quite an adventure well we want the adventure of your your life and your wheeling and your experiences out there to be to be exciting and not to be dangerous and not to be in a position where you're going man i wish i had that benadryl or i wish i had that extra so you're coming home and looking at it going, that was an incredible adventure because we had incredible people with us and we were incredibly prepared. Well, Corey, that was another great episode. Yeah, definitely. I think that was, um, we covered a lot of topics and, and hopefully our listeners got something out of all that. Oh, I sure did. I learned a few things or two. How about you and Jim and Deb? Did you, uh, did you learn anything or did you just have fun hanging out with us? We both learned and we had fun hanging out with you. That's the best of both worlds. Well, it was exciting having a, a couple of friends that have actually wheeled with us out there. Like I said, we could have talked for hours just about the individual events, but we need, need to leave a little bit of mystery out there for the people who right. uh, haven't yet done those events because Moab registration starts soon. Uh, the dates are still going to be Memorial Weekend. Um, the Death Valley registrations, which we now have two, since we're limited by permit, and we've talked about this before, this is a permitted event, unlike some of the others out there, and we are limited to 10 paid attendees, or 10 registered Jeeps on each 
event, we're doing two of them back to back. So get out there. Registration is there. That's March 2nd through the 5th for the first trip and March 6th through the 9th for the second trip. I will definitely be there for the first trip. Corey's going to be there for the second trip and maybe even will be benefit of having Corey with us the first trip, depending on how schedules work out. Um, so hope everybody can be out there and join us and get registered for those because that'll fill up fast. And uh, and then we've got right after that, uh, we've got the Moab trip and then we're going to have Tillamook again and then we're going to do the East Coast. And I know we're talking about some other stuff. So whew, oh, man. modern yeah. adventures, a lot going on, a lot going on. I do want to throw out um, for the folks that were, were are out in Southern California, and I know a lot of people have made the trip this week. The uh, Peterson Automotive Museum had mm. had dedicated some of their time and their space for a special uh, ex- ex- exhibit, uh, and that was for Jesse Combs. They called it Life at Full Speed, and I completely wow. agree with that title. I know it ends tonight. I know a lot of people were kind of, a little saddened by the fact that they weren't going to run it through during when the off-road expo would be running. Cause a lot of people were making the trip from across the country. I, the reason I bring it up is because the, it, it really is the basis for es- establishing the Jesse Combs foundation and right. that foundation. I'll put a link in our notes. Uh, the Jesse Combs foundation is, is basically to promote, empower, uh, educate and inspire uh, the next generation of female trailblazers which jesse definitely was so and show and so is deb <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know thank you for bringing that up Corey. Uh, yeah it, that, it it truly was it's from some of the images i've seen i wish we could have make it down and I, I really wish they would extend it i think it would be so beneficial um for the foundation if they did have but i know there's probably going to be ways to donate directly to our foundation Absolutely. Um, and I'll put and a link in the in the notes. There'll be a link to the jessiecombsfoundation.com website, and you can definitely make contributions through there. It, 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 Jesse definitely had an impact. Um, you can just see just by how, how national the news are. And just a little tidbit, I saw this news brief come across, but for those that are out there that may not have seen this, I saw a little news tidbit that the Guinness Book of World's Record may be actually taking the data that they got from her run that's and right the run she was doing to reward her with the guinness record for the fastest woman uh yep. not just on four wheels like she was but actually doing faster than kitty o'neill's time back in the 70s that's right so that that's incredible that's incredible Pretty awesome so well on that note uh modern jeepers um thank you so much jim and deb are true modern jeeper uh examples and and what we hope to all live up to thank you for joining us on the show um you can again Corey will put some in the show notes links to uh to their site their pages um and where you can see some of our vi- the videos that they've done not only of modern jeeper adventures but of the other work that they've done in their travels uh and you can track them follow them and envy them uh, in their travels. And, uh, and other than that, you know, you know how they get a hold of Corey through, uh, modern modern jeeper.com through uh, modern jeeper on a Facebook page, Corey at metalclick.com, Matt's at metalclick.com, uh, the metalclick page for, for reaching out to me. And is there anything that I have forgotten my friend, Corey? I think we're good, sir. We'll, well see you in a couple of days. Yes, we will get ready to have a, a blast out there at Offroad Expo, which is always about good food, good people, and uh, and selling lots of parts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, sir. All right, Modern Jeepers. 
thank you, my friends. Thank you for joining us once again. We will see you on the rocks. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.